0: Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Yeah. Let me
1: see who's on that, on that. Let me see who's on that. On that. Let me see who's on that, on that. Let me see who's gonna be next. Don't be scared to f- with me, baby. You know what it is!
2: <laughs> the bee from Jacksonville or the bees, you know, a Duvalian or whatever, and not ride with the Jaguars. That's like you got a toilet in the house, but you poop in the backyard. It don't make sense. Winning cures everything. in the NFL. It
3: just it just cures everything. Drop
1: drops the throw. Looking, looking, fires middle of the field, and that ball is picked off. It is picked off by Ray John Jenkins! He's running it back along the right sideline. That is going to be a touchdown. That is going to be a touchdown. The Jags are going to win it on a race shot. They can pick it! Oh, my God. Look at this. Short again. Short again. An all outlets, They hit him as he likes to go. The ball comes out. The ball comes out and it's picked up. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are going to run it into the end zone. Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Josh Allen is running back for a touchdown for Jacksonville. 1010 XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today. With your host, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E to the T. All right.
0: Good morning, everybody. What, man? What? Uh, I, what? I don't know, man. You ever have one of those days oh, when man. everything's going to be funny? Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Good morning. Welcome into Jaguars today. Oh, what a good man. way to start the day, man. I'd rather start off laughing than oh, crying, man. right? I'm laughing so hard. I am crying <laughs> here right now. E.T., have the update. Go for Right before the show. Man, (laughs) I (laughs) bombed that. You know, like... I want to <laughs> be a little sensitive. I'm looking over there like you struggled with this update. I'm just doing too much, man. I lost
1: my notes. Oh, Trying to edit open. that's the
0: opens. He's looking all over. He's like, hey, just turn off my mic, yeah, man.
1: just cut it off, dog.
2: Hey, I love. You. Hey, Jaguars
1: today, bro.
0: I'm crying, bro. The best part <laughs> was you just threw yourself on the mercy of the court. Hey, You're yeah. like, oh, just kill me on the air. And I'm hey. like, you think I wasn't going. Hey, I'm good with it, man. I'm good. Uh, uh, bro, we're all, we are all in the same boat, man. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I start a sentence and don't know what I'm going to say. I so just, I feel like, you know, I, I literally know how a deer feels when I hear her like, bro. Man, I'm telling you, I'm just dying right now. I'm Literally, <laughs> tears are streaming down my face right now. Good morning, everybody. You got to add it to the archive. Woo, man, I'm deleting that. Yeah, no, you, oh, you got to save I'm yeah. it.
1: I'm, I'm going to save it and play it for the next update.
0: Do we have the hacker update handy? Can we get that out I don't remember how
4: it was titled or if it made it over whatever version of this we're at now, but it was fantastic. He just At some point,
0: he just called it, like, dude. Like, like, dude. This is ridiculous. I could have sworn he did. It was something like that. Who was the basketball player? Uh, The Michael. Uh, I don't uh, remember. Lefty. Mike played at K-State. Michael Ritt. No, no, he played at Ohio State. Who was the? Wasn't he a lefty? I could have sworn he was a lefty. Oh, yeah. Mike Beasley? Yeah, Michael Beasley, right? Michael Beasley. He was choking on uh, just on those oh, words, man. man. It was oh god, it was a classic. Oh yeah, that is a good way to start the day. I, was You're telling you, I appreciate you, man. Oh, <laughs> did you guys have a good weekend? Because I, I don't even care. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Oh, it happens to the best of us. I had a good weekend. Did you guys have a nice weekend? I did. Did yeah, you? Yeah. you watch your Pro Bowl festivities? Uh, I you did. You in. <laughs> I watched all of it, actually. It was on the whole Somebody time. had to, man. Yeah. People do. They watch. E.T., you watch any of that Pro Bowl nonsense going on this weekend? You might have. I, I ain't watched none of the flag footballs. No, but I watched some of the other stuff. That might have been, see, like the flag football would have been maybe the one thing that I would have... If you had given me, hey, you could watch mm-hmm. any of these right now. Press a button and one of these is on. I probably would have watched the flag football.
4: Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do with it going forward with whatever's gonna happen with Miles Garrett and whether or not he dislocated a
0: toe doing one of the exact well, And that or was not. in like in a skills competition, yeah, right? Yeah, that
4: was it was like a relay race they were running. Oh, that's great. At one point with defensive linemen and offensive linemen, and he had to jump over a wall and then crawl under a trampoline. That was essentially the part of the course that Miles Garrett was doing, and he got hurt doing it. I mean, Burns, Brian Burns was the guy that he was in that relay against at that point in the race. Brian Burns looked like Spider-Man. Like going over the wall and underneath. I mean, it was pretty incredible to watch just the athlete of Brian Burns doing that kind of stuff, but who knows if that event's coming back and who knows how much of any of this is coming back considering they're still doing an athletic contest and if anyone's going to get hurt. They'll switch it up. The next year would be my guess, and we'll see what the ratings say about it anyway.
0: My my wonderful bride, uh, Heather, does not keep up with the Pro Bowl format. You might be surprised to learn. No and she yeah. was like, oh, my dad's looking forward to watching the Pro Bowl on Sunday. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> 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 apparently your dad doesn't keep up with the format change either. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was what it was. If you enjoyed it, great. You know what? I'm just glad that uh, Trevor Lawrence and Jamal Agnew emerged unscathed. I did. I I almost connected on a touchdown. It was close. I don't need Agnew coming out of this weekend with a dislocated toe, though. Like, I don't care how long you have to heal before the next season. So, um, you know, this will be my point where every year I say something about bringing back the Battle of the Network Stars, right? Like, Mm -hmm. where I don't care if those guys get hurt. Although, network television – I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a program on network television. So maybe we should just get like the, you know, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe versus the Star Wars <laughs> Universe or Harry Potter. or I don't know. Something like that. Something something yeah. along those lines. I did go see uh, Knock at the Cabin. How was it? This week. It was pretty good. You know, um, I, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to say much. If you've read Cabin at the End of the World, which I had not. I did not know that it was based on that. Apparently, they make some... Major deviations from the book uh, that mm-hmm. was the source material, but I enjoyed it. It was pretty good, you know. It was one of those I felt like I was going to get spoiled on uh, between now and the time it got to streaming. I gotcha. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, you know, it's just so easy nowadays. Like, like you, when you see that ending to X movie explained, and it's like you're just like a click away from yeah. having your weekend ruined, your your plans
4: ruined. Odds are, an M Night Shyamalan movie is going to get spoiled for you. After a couple weeks somewhere. This
0: one might not. Yeah. I'll say. I'll just put it that way. But uh, it was, a I enjoyed guy. it. Uh, I did find out when we went to uh, Epic Theater down in St. Augustine. Like, now it's like, not even anybody selling you tickets. There's like a sign on the door. Go inside. Kiosk. You know, yeah, go to the kiosk. And, you know, I guess we trust you because the only person who could check is somebody at the concession stand like 50 yards away, Mm -hmm. right? But uh, I went in there, and I had the choice of adult ticket or senior. And I'm like, no. I mean, (laughs) I'm not a senior, okay? So I'll just pay my full freight on this. It's no big deal. I can afford to go to the movies. I know it's not super cheap, but it's part of the experience, Mm -hmm. right? So whatever. If you don't want to go, don't go. So we go up. We're just out of curiosity. So uh, what's the age on the old uh, senior discount? Uh, 55 and up. We're like, yeah, (laughs) 10 months, baby. (laughs) Woo. 10 months. And we're saving three bucks a person. There you go. Yeah. 55 for the senior discount, Tony. I'm pretty excited about that now. Yeah. Uh, You know, we got to hang on for some blue plate specials coming up. All right. uh, Today, uh, we're going to look, I got a lot of things I'd like to talk about with you, Tony Smith and Mm -hmm. Emmanuel Thalerand about, uh, various, you know, what the Jags might do, uh, rumor kind of stuff out there. That's always fun this time of year. Great story. I hope this is a true story between Tom Brady and Eli Manning. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) It is so funny to me that this might make Eli Manning, who already was up there as one of the funniest athlete types, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty good deadpan humor guy. This could put him at the top of the list. If this is really true, if this happened exactly the way Tom Brady described Eli Manning, I don't know what the rankings would be. I don't know. I like Peyton's a pretty funny guy. Like yeah. who else is a funny, you know, um professional athlete? I'd have to
4: think about it. Right? Yeah. Like
0: I guess Charles Barkley, right? Yeah. More more his post-playing career, but there was some of that during his playing career as well. Yeah. There there are some different people like that, but these I mean this made me like bust a gut laughing at how funny I thought this story was. It's, I'm probably overselling it, but uh, we'll talk about that coming up here uh, shortly as well. It's Mock Draft Monday, Tony, mm-hmm. and it will continue to be Mock Draft Monday until there are no more mock drafts to mock. Of course, soon as the NFL draft is done, we'll get a mock draft for 2024 <laughs> coming sure. out. So, but yeah. we've got a couple of new ones uh, today that we'll take a look at. at what the, and They both had the Jags heading in a similar direction, but it's not the most disgust direction for this team. So I'll explain uh, what that is. got a couple from the major publications uh, out there that have weighed in with their latest mock drafts. And also, uh, today's Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Right now, it looks like a two-person race, but that's fine. Uh, We ask you, who is the best offensive free agent signing by the Jaguars in 2022? And uh, the choices are Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Brandon Sheriff. You can... Factor in how much you're getting paid. Like, for instance, you know, Zay Jones getting about half of what Christian Kirk is making. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to factor that in, you could factor in on or off the field contributions if you got the uh, feeling that this person was kind of like a locker room leader type, whatever the case may be. So, size of the contract, uh, stats, off the field contributions, all that is fair game. And uh, cast your vote for one of those guys. It was a heck of an offensive free agent class last year. I mean, four guys that were major contributors to this football team and none of them, in my opinion, uh, the least bit disappointment here in 2022. So we'll get into a lot of things today. If you want to be a part of the program, 641 1010 is the way to do it on the phone lines or the text line designed by Light Tommy Enclosures or hit us up on Twitter at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony and at IME2 the T. Uh, uh, <laughs>
1: come on, somebody.
0: Stop it. All right, here we go. Jaguars today. Fresh week mock draft Monday. Here we go on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Well
0: played, sir. Well played. So you just gotta lean into it sometimes, oh, yeah. Et. You was, know what I mean? Better live. You know what I mean? Like, you, if you fall in public, oh yeah, you just gotta roll. Like, if you get up all quick and try to do, like act like nah, nobody saw me, you gotta, you me, gotta roll you gotta be like, Exactly. Like, look at me. Look at how clumsy I can be. All right, uh, there you go, Et. Leaning into it hard on this uh, first Monday of February, Mock Draft Monday. We'll dig into a few. Coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. Wanted to share this story. I really hope it's true. You may have seen this going around the internet this weekend. Did you see the uh, the Brady-Eli Manning story that Brady told E. I haven't. Tony hadn't either. I gave him some of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I may have spoiled it for Tony a little bit here. But I, let me just read this because this is – I don't know if he said this on his podcast. I don't listen to the Let's Go podcast. Mm-hmm. But Brady usually makes a little bit of his own news there. But – he was talking about Eli Manning and how funny Eli is and just kind of like you don't even realize to what level he, he will take it and he is so deadpan about things, which I find, you know, that that's my kind of humor. Like slapstick, eh, whatever, it's mm-hmm. fine. But give me that deadpan stuff and I'm going to eat it up. So this is what Tom Brady claims went down when they met Twice, what was it the the eighteen and O season they met in Arizona. Where'd they play the other one? Do you remember? Where? Yeah, do I, you, don't
4: remember, no. I don't remember.
0: I don't even. What was it like? Four years later, though, something yeah. like that, right? Like two thousand twelve, somewhere around that time period. Yeah. So, here's what Brady said. I'm quoting this. I'll it's, read. I'll read the whole. Did you read the whole thing?
4: Yeah, it's got to be a parody account.
0: That's do you think the, so? Yeah,
4: that's what this has
0: to be. It's still funny. You don't think it's you don't think it's legit? I don't. Oh man! Because if it is, if it's it is. the funniest thing I I may have ever heard. Yeah, and it probably is a parody account, yeah. right? So, but it's funny. It's funny nonetheless. Yeah. But uh, how about this? I'll read it, uh-huh. and you can hope that there's that one percent chance that this is real, right? <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. And because I really, knowing how goofy Eli is and the way he comes across. Mm-hmm. I could actually see this happening like this, but it can't be real, right? Because yeah. of, of the circumstances in the moment, yes. right? That, yes. that would Eli really be <laughs> thinking. I mean, you would have to be thinking far ahead to play the initial kind of joke on Tom Brady. Yeah, okay? you'd have to
4: bring Kranz to the game.
0: well, Or not necessarily. You'd have to bring your drawing to the mm-hmm. game, okay? So here's, this, here's how it goes. <laughs> it can't be real. Losing to Eli in the Super Bowl, was so tough, says Tom Brady, and most people don't know this, but he handed me a horse that he colored with crayons when we shook hands after the first win. A picture (laughs) of a horsey that he had colored. He said to me, Tom, thanks for playing the ball game with me. (laughs) (laughs) Just that line. Yeah. Thanks for playing the ball game with me, Tom. I'm sorry I won, but here's a horse I made. (laughs) I have lots more of these back at home I want to show you sometime, but you can keep this one. I made it for you. <laughs> <laughs> could, I mean, could you, like, if you're Brady, you know you're steamed. I uh, actually had the, you know, the honor. This was Tom Coughlin's first Super Bowl win and mm-hmm. got to cover the game, and I was in the tunnel right where the players came off the field, and there was no joking with these Patriot players at the time. I mean, like, you know, just – they I think they thought it was a coronation coming, and that they were going to win this game, and they were stunned and just couldn't believe that they had history snatched from their grasp, so yeah. in this moment you're you're going to be in like the worst mood of your playing career kind of situation, right or', or certainly not one to joke around with the horsey pictures, but here comes Eli, <laughs> according to the story. I have lots more of these at home. I want to show you you can keep this one. I made it for you. Brady says. According to this story, I was so mad about the game, I couldn't even laugh at the joke he was clearly making. (laughs) See, that's the thing of it, like, that makes me think, could it be true because it seems like he'd be like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make a lighthearted moment, but I'm just ticked off. I'm Tom Brady, and I'm pissed, right? And and you could see that. So I couldn't laugh at the joke he was clearly making. Then two hours after the game – Eli calls me up and says, Tom, I need my horse drawing back. I changed my mind about giving you my horse drawing, (laughs) says Brady. I laughed and laughed. Eli's got a unique sense of humor. Again, this is not like, Mm -hmm. like, like, this is like, look at this guy. I'm giving him his props for being in this moment. That's why I want, it's not so absurdly over the top. So anyway, a few years later, says Brady, we played in another Super Bowl together and sure enough, he beat me again. After the game, he shook my hand really firmly with a strength I didn't know he had and an angry look in his eyes and said, quote, that's for not giving me my horsey back. Next time, (laughs) give it back, Tom. And that's it. And he walked away, and that was the story. I mean, like, if someone did make this up, and they probably did, the restraint they showed, right? And, like, here's Eli doing a drawing, sticking it in his pocket, thinking, won't this be funny if after the game I win and I give this (laughs) to Tom Mm -hmm. Brady? And it's not like all these extra details of how this went on and on and on, and then he just kind of came back with a gotcha for not giving him my horse back.
4: Yeah. Uh, Eli Manning is just goofy enough (sighs) that it's a really good parody. Right? Right. Like, it's it's a really good parody of something that you'd be like, that's hilarious to even – pretend like Eli Manning would draw a horse handed to Tom Brady after beating him and then get angry that he didn't give it back.
0: (laughs) I I don't even want to know that it's not a true story because it's probably not a true story, right? Uh, But it's just simple enough that it could be a true story. (laughs) see Eli like Tom and we made history? I don't think they probably were together for more than like, Two seconds, no, though, yeah. right? I'm sure it was a, a very Patriots angry. were looking to get out of this, right? Brady, yeah. kind of perfunctory. Eh, good game, seal it, right? And he's off the field. And I get like, I'm, I'm not the guy that worries like people. Oh, LeBron didn't go shake so and so's team's hand. You know, who cares? Series over. It's not little league. If if you want to do it like the NHL, where you line everybody up and they sh- and they skate out there and shake hands after the series, mm-hmm. fine. But as far as you know. When the confetti's falling for a champion, you enjoy it with your team that you want. I don't need to hear from the vanquished at that moment. That's me.
4: These guys all know each other. If they want to congratulate each other a week from now, they'll they'll text them up. Yeah.
0: You know, whatever the case may
4: be. Doesn't bother me at all. By the way, that second Super Bowl matchup between the Patriots and the Giants was played February of 2012 at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis.
0: Okay, so that's four years later, Mm -hmm. right? uh, Because the other one was played in. February of 2008. Uh, yep. Following that, 18 though 27, uh, 2007 season. All right. So there you go. Probably a completely uh, fake story between Tom Brady and Eli Manning, but one that you know is harmless and uh, like to me that would be hilarious to the point where I now want someone to do something like this it's at like some point. In Eli
4: time. needs to do that sketch if he's ever on SNL again like that needs to be a sketch I don't on know if it'll now. be
0: well known enough uh I don't think it
4: needs to be maybe not like it's just Eli Manning carrying around a picture of a cartoon horse I drew this drew. for
0: you Tom <laughs> like, <laughs> Boy, it's good enough for Tom written at the top in in block mm-hmm. crayon letters that would be great all right uh we've got mock draft Monday talk coming up so let's uh, open up phone lines to you if you like to get in today and uh, talk about anything jaguar or NFL Related, we'll get into a, a little bit. I don't know how much time we'll have for it today, but um, the Patrick Mahomes legacy—you know, defining game, the the swing game for his legacy this weekend—and it is a big one. There's a huge difference between going to five AFC title games and having two Super Bowl championships and perhaps two MVP awards by the time the voting is revealed, mm-hmm. than getting back and now being one and three in the Super Bowl if they lose to the Philadelphia Eagles six four one ten ten. Let's go to Marshall. In Springfield, first off this morning. Good morning, Marshall.
3: Hey, how are you, gentlemen? We're well. What's up? Oh, just uh, looking at the draft, I'd love to see, like, a Michael Mayer or another top tight end in the draft to come in and compliment Evan Ingram because that's what Doug Peterson did in Philadelphia, and he had a lot of success with
2: it. It'd be
0: awesome to see here. So, even if they re-sign Ingram, let's say, to a four-year multi-whatever-million-dollar deal, you're willing to spend the 24th pick of the draft on a tight end?
1: Absolutely. Okay,
0: just asking, because that's probably what it would take. All right, I appreciate it, Marshall. Look, you're not the only one who suggested this. No. I don't think it's the best use of resources. I think part of the reason they had a two-headed tight end monster in Philadelphia is, it's because they didn't have the quality of wide receivers that I think the Jags are going to hopefully have this year, right? You're, Calvin Ridley, if he returns to form, was a 1,300-yard receiver his last full season in the NFL. Will he be that this year? I don't know. But Christian Kirk has shown you if he's not a, a true one, he's not a bad 1A or a 1B. Uh, and, you know, with Zay Jones performing like he did this year, uh, again, if you have Evan Ingram in the fold, you got to get touches for Travis Etienne. Um, I'm not saying it look, I'd like to have that. I just don't know if that's the best use of the resources, Tony. At that stage, if and under that scenario, Calvin Ridley's been reinstated, Evan Ingram's re-signed by this football team.
4: Sure. And you go back and look at that Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia team, right? Where we talk about the two tight ends every day. Not so much. When you go back and look, Zach Ertz led the team in receptions that year with 74. Was Goddard on that team? No. He came the next year, I think, right? I don't know if it was the next year, but it was after that year. So, you look at the top receivers on that team that year. Zach Ertz at number one with 74 catches. Nelson Aguilar, two with 62. Alshon Jeffrey, third with 57. Torrey Smith, fourth with 36. He's kind of a hybrid guy, but yeah. Trey Burton all the way down at five with 23. Is the next highest tight end. Right? Like it's it's not like they were that's Dan Arnold didn't get 23 catches this year, but that's not out of line with how Arnold was used. Trey Burton was a big player in the Super Bowl because right. we all remember that play that was made in the Super Bowl, but it wasn't so much that he was featuring two tight ends all the time up there in Philadelphia. He had a really effective offense, is what he had, and he featured Zach Ertz in it. For those three or four years that he was there coaching the guy,
0: yeah, right. For and and the year they won, they didn't have the two guys going off massively, right? But no. uh, I think, uh, yeah, twenty eighteen was first year Goddard came there. Goddard until twenty twenty one, and Zacherts was gone in twenty one, right? He's been gone for two years, yeah. right? Um, didn't have more than six hundred and seven yards in any of those three seasons where they're both playing there. I'm not saying that's. Chop liver for a tight end. It's no. it's pretty good. Yeah, but especially when it's getting chopped up. Right. I don't think that Doug Peterson's like we have to have this. It, it look we know how to use them if we have them. But uh, again, I, this is a deep tight end class. On top of that, you might be able to get a guy who can make an impact for you in the third round this year if you wanted to go that route. Sure. I, I just think they've got too many big needs to address. I, it feels like more of a luxury for me if, they, if that's presuming Ridley Ingram in the fold you've got all those offensive weapons that mm-hmm. you can count on being available let's get to Jimmy and Nocatee up next here on Jaguars today good morning Jimmy
3: hey good morning guys so uh, off the bat I mean what we saw in in two games straight was our inability to get to the quarterback even with a uh, half of a leg of the homes. we still couldn't there was backup offensive linemen in both games and our guys Still had the the inability to get home. Um, Siaki Ika out of Oregon, man, he's huge. He's massive. He had to be double-teamed constantly. Um, He's like 6'4", 6'3", like 350, some craziness like that. And then, you know, you can turn around in the second round and look at like maybe an Eli Eli Ricks uh, to fill the cornerback position out of uh, like Alabama. You know, but the first two picks have to be defense, and they have to be – you have to pair value with need. You know, Dalton Kincaid will be there maybe in the second round. I don't know. But the Luke Schumacher kid, the tight end out of well, Michigan, he could be there in the third round. And you have to address wide receiver. I know that we added Ridley, but we're going to lose Marvin um, because of attrition. So you know maybe Mingo, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, he's a kid we can look at in the fourth, fifth round, something like that, if he if we'll be there. But I mean, we have to we have to be able to get help. pushing the middle is vital to this organization, and and we have the pass pressures in place. We have people that can get there, but the middle of the line needs to to be addressed immediately. I hope you guys have a good day. Thanks.
0: All right, thanks. I don't know if we do have the pass rushers in place. You know, I you know would Your it help if you had yeah. a penetrating defensive tackle? Sure. I think their pressure rate
4: is confusing to look at with the number of sacks they actually had because they were a among the top five or six teams in the league on pressure rate last year, but they weren't a team that sacked the opposing passer all that much. So they had a bunch of guys that would be a step away uh, from the quarterback a lot last season. So maybe you can look at that and say, yeah, the numbers say that we're close, right? With Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker and Arden key and those guys uh, doing it last year, we were close a bunch of the time. And if we add a guy that pushes the middle of the pocket, then those numbers will even out, right? The pressure numbers will turn into sacks. Naturally, if you have somebody that's pushing the pocket a little bit more than they had, well, it's an okay theory. I don't know that I directly agree with it, but i I think it's a valid, at least theory of what happened with the Jags. Last I, I
0: year. think the other thing we get caught up in specific names when you say player X, we could get him like in the third round. You you, you don't know that, sure. You know what? Like I I don't want to get too caught up. We could go this route, and this is one particular route. If everything fell into place, we get this guy here, this guy there, this guy in the other place. You don't necessarily know that it's going to go that way. I I can't remember. Who was the pass rusher you mentioned out of Oregon a minute ago? I I, I, I can't tell you who it is. I just did a quick uh, Google search on, like, the top 10 edge rushers in the draft. There's nobody from Oregon listed among the top 10, uh, at least in the first couple of sites I looked at. So I don't know who this is that, you know, you're focusing on the first round. Maybe maybe there is a guy, uh, and I'm just not as well-versed on – uh, the edge rushers coming in. I'm looking at. Well, I
4: think t- it was more of an interior guy. Oh, was it? An, either was way. Two, yeah.
0: Uh, oh, was that was that yeah. what the case was? Let me I see. Think so okay, I thought he said. Um, uh, uh, he was an edge rusher. My bad. Uh, but either way, I'm looking at a two round mock from Matt Miller at ESPN right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one guy from Oregon in the first two rounds. That's Christian Gonzalez, who's a cornerback. So again, mm-hmm. I. It'll, look, I think they need edge rush. We all, mm-hmm. I think they need pass rush. And whether they have the right edge rushers and just need a guy who's getting pushed up the middle to unlock them, in theory, sure, there's some possibility to that. But sure. I'm not convinced that they have enough edge rushers. As it stands right now, Arden Key, DeJuan Smoot rolling off this roster at the moment at least, and who knows what they do in free agency to bring him back. You know, Josh Allen's been a good, not great pass rusher in his NFL career, and Trayvon Walker didn't show us much at all in that department other than the ability to bull rush a handful of opponents uh, for sacks. So uh, they've got to get after the quarterback a lot more than they did this year. There's no question about that. Uh, Just look at Philadelphia, and I heard uh, Dan and Jeff talk about it this morning, the jump they made from kind of of middle-of-the-pack team lower half, to being on the brink of setting a single-season record for the most sacks in one year. That was a team that did have enough edge rush, Tony. Mm -hmm. They went out and got Hassan Reddick, but three of their other guys that got double digits were already on that roster and didn't perform up to that way. When you've got a lot of guys like that that you've got to account for, it does make other people's lives easier. So, again, um, whatever – they do this off season. They've got to improve the pass rush, whether that's get new edge rushers, new push up the middle, better play, better scheme, um things like that from the guys that they have that are on this roster. what they got this year wasn't good enough. No, their yeah. ultimate goal is to win the championship at least for Agreed. now, yep, all right, uh six, four, one, ten, ten, if you want to get in, we'll take a look at a couple of mock drafts, including the one from Matt Miller, a two rounder. Over at ESPN.com here on Mock Draft Monday, 641-1010. We'll get you on board. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. here with you. You're listening to Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: Everything you need to know about the Jags, Jaguars Today on 1010XL.
0: All right, let's take a look here on Mock Draft Monday at a couple of the latest offerings from some of the bigger publications out there, at least uh, as of uh, today, uh, February 6th, see what they think, what direction the Jags might take Of course. All this changes drastically over the course of the next, uh, what do we have, I think 80 days until mm-hmm. the NFL draft uh, from today. Um, someone should be counting that down. Um <laughs> sure they will. Uh, but n- regardless, uh, you're going to see a lot of talk about trading at the top of the draft and um it, it's interesting how reporters for different teams kind of take on the some kind of take on the outlook of the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like and and so over the weekend, I had a reporter on from Indianapolis on SiriusXM and just asking about, you know, Right now to you, does it look like there's anybody worth trading up for and things like that? And, you know, the, the teams, Chicago, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, they're going to be a bidding war. And then the indie guys will tell you, well, I don't know. You know, you might just be able to stand pat and have something fall right in your lap uh, if none of these guys separate themselves from the pack. I mm-hmm. think most people feel, would you not agree, Tony, that someone's trading up uh, to the number one spot with Chicago take the quarterback of their choice, agree or disagree.
4: Because Chicago would be so willing to move out of the spot, yeah.
0: Yeah, it might even be Houston for that matter, you know, uh, given just a little bit to make that one spot move so they don't get jumped by the likes of Indianapolis in Mm -hmm. their division, and that would ensure Chicago of taking whomever would be the top position player on their board. But this is the way this one worked out from Matt Miller. It's a two-rounder. Uh, and again, just a kind of a projection, but uh, the Colts trade up to number one, and they take Bryce Young out of Alabama. Um, what do you think is a more accurate measurement? Bryce Young is listed at six4, 194 pounds. What would surprise you more if he came in at I'm sorry, did I say six six foot, 194 pounds, okay? Exactly six foot. What would surprise you more? Is he actually? Six feet tall or actually 194 pounds? <laughs> uh, six foot tall. That would surprise you more? Yeah. That's probably the right answer. Yeah. I look at him, though, and I, I just don't see the 194 pounds. No, you know? he's a
4: smaller guy.
0: Right. I mean, just did not have that frame, but it's hard to ignore 79 touchdown passes, 12 interceptions over the last two years. For sure. I mean, the, the production at the, in the best conference in uh, college football Speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Will his measurables cost him the number one overall pick? We don't know. Will Levis has got a lot of measurables in this scenario. Matt Miller's got him going second. Whew, man, ah, like to see like this, you talk about you give Bryce Young's production and Will Levis's body. Yeah, the Bears could name their price for the number one pick, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um. But Will Leveson doesn't have that production, man. Well, and,
4: you know, looking at that with Bryce Young and his size, Jalen Hurts is playing in a Super Bowl, and he doesn't seem like the biggest guy at the quarterback position, right? No, but he, like Six, I look one, at Bryce. 223. He's 223, right? right? Like I look at, right, I was going like to say Jalen Hurts looks a lot pounds, more rugged than right, like Bryce Young. Right, 25, 30 pounds and another at least inch that we know. Right. Like he that's a his minimum. measurements. Right. Right. In the National Football League. Who knows what Jalen Hurts is now? He's been in the league a couple of years, could've hit the weights. Who knows? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's over two twenty three right now. Um, up there with the Philadelphia Eagles. But Jalen Hurts feels like a small guy. It's not that you can't get away with playing at that size. It's that it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Jalen Hurts took a lot of punishment this year. He's playing in the Super sure. Bowl. Could have been the MVP if he hadn't had the shoulder injury with a month ago in the season. You it's could usually.
0: argue that having the shoulder injury made him a more attractive MVP candidate because you saw that team went, what, one and two with Gardner Minshew at the helm.
4: Yeah. And
0: Always they –
4: Yeah. He no, came did, in because didn't he come in for the game for Hurts or did they win one game I with I thought Minshew. they won
0: one with Minshew uh, as the starter this year, but I could be wrong about that. But either way, uh, they're losing mm-hmm. primarily came when Minshew 0 and 2. was on the field. All right, so 0-2, so he didn't start the one. Um,
4: yeah, I think he played maybe late, but I thought Hertz came out and then went back in, uh, even in the game where he got hurt.
0: Yeah, he didn't – right, it was too – right. Uh, he didn't play at all against the Giants, so he didn't yeah. play in the week prior – the week that Hertz got injured. Tough to say Hurts got hurt. <laughs> um, you're right. Uh, Minshew came in, he did play. That's interesting. I could have, man, I would have bet money that he won his first start of the year this year. Maybe it was just that he put up pretty good numbers, which he did three fifty two touchdowns, two interceptions, 24 out of 40 against the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. but either way. So, oh, and two, and you had a team that went 14 so yeah. and three. So, oh, and two for one guy. Yep. 14-1 and one with the other guy. That seems to, that you know, like to me, that would strengthen my vote for Jalen Hurts, but mm-hmm. make me more inclined. But either way, um, Bryce Young, also not the same style player. He'll run some. You're not yeah. going to run like Jalen Hurts in the National Football League. And yeah. at this stage, I think a more accomplished uh, pocket passer. I, I think I, really stature is the only question I think people have about Bryce Young, sure. whether he's going to be able to hold up. Will Anderson goes to Arizona in this one, and Jalen Carter uh, goes to the Bears, who apparently, you know, like most people will tell you Will Anderson's the best player in this draft. It's not universal. Some feel it's Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. They're clearly in the pundits' minds the top two non-quarterbacks in the draft. Yep. Now, whether that's going to turn out to be the case for their career is another story. Um, Tyree Wilson, Defensive end out of Texas Tech goes to Seattle. Devin Witherspoon, a corner from Illinois, goes to Detroit. I see these corners all kinds of orders yeah. all over the first round. Right, which is kind of good. I guess it depends on how you view them and which order they come off the board, but it seems like there will be a corner worthy of the twenty fourth selection in the draft that the Jags choose to go that way. Sure. When they come on the clock. Um, Peter Skoronsky. Offensive lineman from Northwestern going to the Raiders. Miles Murphy, defensive end out of Clemson. I've seen him in the middle of the first round and lower. um, Going to Atlanta. C.J. Stroud falling to Carolina. I don't think that's likely. I don't think Stroud – I could see – I think these top three quarterbacks are going somewhere in the top four to five picks uh, when it's all said and done. But we'll see. Bijan Robinson. It's interesting going to Philadelphia. They're not a team that really features a running back or hasn't. In recent years, whether under Doug Peterson or Nick Sirianni, would they spend the 10th pick on a guy like Robinson, who is some think is the best pure player in this draft, yeah. running back out of what Texas? What did Miles
4: Sanders wind up doing this year?
0: Uh, I, I think he was probably, I'm going to say 1,100 yards is my All guess right, go, for Miles Sanders.
4: Rush for 1,269 Okay, so with 11 off. touchdowns, caught, let's see, caught 20.
0: How many 60. carries?
4: He had 259 carries.
0: Okay, so it's a pretty solid amount. Yeah, I guess as a featured back, which is almost double
4: any other year he's had. Like, right? It's and, and it's I about a hundred more than he's had any other season. The
0: effectiveness of Hertz running this year, I think, made life yeah. so much easier for Miles Sanders. But regardless, sure, I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money to bring him back. Would they spend the tenth pick in the draft on a running back? I get it's look. If you got a couple in the first round. And you've got most of your other holes filled, and you could see maybe taking a luxury pick, particularly if you do win the Super Bowl. Sure. Right? We saw that with uh, Kansas City and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Didn't work out so great. I think uh, B. John Robinson considered a much better prospect than Edwards-Alaire was coming Mm out. Uh, Broderick Jones out of uh, Georgia, the offensive tackle, going to the Titans. Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC, going to the Texans, Uh, skipping a few of these here. Uh, unless they're Anthony Richardson going to Washington at 16. And
2: again,
0: I, I, I would bet more likely that the top four quarterbacks are off the board in the top 10 picks than any one of them's lasting to the middle of the first round. Uh, Let's see. So let me skip ahead here. Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, wide receiver out of Ohio State. A lot of people like him. Going to Seattle at 20. Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver out of TCU. Going to Baltimore at 22. And the Jags in this one take Darnell Wright, Offensive tackle out of Tennessee. This is, again, Matt Miller's uh, two-round mock at ESPN.com. Said, "Uh, perhaps the most surprising team of the NFL season was the Jags, going from the number one overall pick to AFC South champions. The work on the roster build is far from over, with multiple key starters hitting free agency. One area of need is right tackle, where Jawan Taylor might price himself out of the Jags' comfort zone. If he isn't retained, a clear answer to the position is available from the University of Tennessee. Right start of his career at left tackle before moving to the right side where he flourished, uh, 6'5", 342. That's a big boy right there. And uh, had a good senior bowl week, showing off great power length, quickness, and balance for his side. Uh, for his size, plug-and-play starter. Well, he better be. Mm-hmm. If you're drafting for this team, an offensive lineman at 24, that guy better walk in the door and be your opening day starter. Um, give me – if Juwan Taylor's gone, give me – as of now, what you think the likelihood is they'd go offensive line? Uh very low. <laughs> very low. If Taylor's back, it's it's like zero.
4: Yeah. I and I think even if Taylor isn't back, I think Walker Little's gonna be the right tackle and they'll I think be he comfortable will too. with that going into the year. I think like, he will I just too. think they would allocate the resources in the first round of the draft somewhere else. What
0: if they uh what if they got a top twelve grade on um, a particular offensive lineman? Could you see him following the, the maybe. value?
4: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I think you're picking 24 so you can afford to just take whoever's at the top of your board.
0: You know, a little of it, too, is what's the long-term for Cam Robinson here in Jacksonville, right? Like, if you got the long-term answer at right tackle and you felt like you could re-sign Walker Little to a less than, like, elite tackle money, but you felt like he could a year from now – Maybe take over for Cam Robinson, who I think had a three year deal, right? When he's re signed last year. I think it was only a three year deal. Am am I Uh, wrong about that? Correct. Yeah. So if he's already played one of them, he's going to be coming back off of injury. If he plays the second one, could that be a scenario where they go, hey, we're just going to get cheaper here and get a first round rookie and play him at right tackle? I think it's possible. Yeah. I, like you, don't think it's very likely.
4: I think it's pretty unlikely. It is a three-year deal for Cam Robinson. They're not going to get out of it this year. But if they decided to move on from Cam after the 2023 season, they could save a little over $17.5 million on the cap that's by a, letting him go. That's a
0: pretty big chunk. Yeah. Right? And you got to think like that now. If you're a G, You go, well, that's next year. Well, next year you might not be in position to grab. If you've got a guy that you think, you know what, and this is, again, predicated – What do they do with Jawan Taylor? If he's not coming back, that makes this at least interesting because if he's not coming back, you got a guy that you'd project to be your starting right tackle who got beat out Mm -hmm. in camp last year, even though you probably wanted him to win the job, and your left tackle's coming off the injury, and he's pretty damn expensive, and who's your swing tackle, right? I mean, Coy Cronk or somebody like that, and uh, nobody that you have a a ton of confidence in because you haven't seen him play very much, so –
4: I think they're going to address offensive line, offensive tackle uh, if they're going to move on from Juwan Taylor. They're going to have to, right? Like, they're going to have to address that because they don't have a swing guy at that point on the roster in the offensive line room, so they'd have to do something. I would just be surprised that that something is done at 24 in the draft. That would surprise me.
0: Was the guy who called in earlier about the Oregon guy, was, was it Siaki Ika or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think that's he went to Baylor. That's why I couldn't find him. Yeah, He went to Baylor, not Oregon. So Mm -hmm. maybe that was the – because I think that's who he mentioned, and he is a defensive tackle. uh, And in this scenario, um, he went 54th in Matt Miller's two-round mock. We'll tell you he went 56th when we come back in a moment because that's the Jaguars' second-round pick. Love the multiple-round mock drafts. And some other uh, interesting names that sneak in in the first couple of rounds of this one. So it's Mock Draft Monday. If you want to get in, talk about the Jags offseason, you're welcome to, as always, at 641-1010. We'll take a break here. More Jaguar talk coming up in Hour 2 with Tony Smith and ET. I'm Mike Dempsey. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL on 92.5 FM. All Jags,
1: all NFL. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. I
0: right, just talking with Taylor Dahl here on the break a moment ago. That show off. She is such a show-off. She reads these updates like, you know, like uh, the alphabet. Right. I I don't know. Like uh, someone who reads updates really well. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) we're talking about, about, you know, just uh, what would the Bears do in hindsight? And I think I know the answer. Like, there's no way you could give up the 30-second pick knowing it's going to be the 30-second pick for one more year of Chase Claypool. Right? I just think about this, right? This is what... The Bears did. They went out and got Chase Claypool for a second rounder. But the Jags aren't trying. Um, and then the Jags went out and basically gave up a fifth rounder for Calvin Ridley uh, for yeah. a year. And But keep in mind, Claypool's only got one more year left on his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Now he's much younger, but Calvin Ridley is a guy who has been much better in the National Football League. And it's a case of both teams – Looking at the free agent class of wide receivers and going, eh, uh not liking it. Right. Right? Yeah. But I just, man, if you're the Bears right now, how much would you like to have that 32nd pick back? Take the best receiver available and have him on, uh, you know, second round cost because that's 32nd pick this year, first pick of round two. Miami doesn't have that first rounder. Anyway, I just, Ooh. I'd like to have that one back. I think if I were Chicago. Yeah. Whereas. Probably
4: 14 uh, passes in seven games.
0: Correct. Right. Um, well, meanwhile in Duval, it's hashtag Bulky Masterclass. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley, come on down. All right, so let's run through this uh, rest of this Matt Miller mock mock draft Monday. We're just going to be taking a look at uh, various mocks on uh, these Monday shows going forward here until we get to the NFL Draft in uh, April, 80 days away right now. So we got. Uh, 11 and a half weeks to go of you putting up with this. Uh, Darnell Wright, <laughs> we told you, uh, from Matt Miller, the offensive tackle from Tennessee. Tell me, I'll just go through the picks here. Um, This is a scenario where Juwan Taylor's not back. Okay. You're going to have Darnell Wright, who is a massive man, 6'5", 342, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's hope that whoever you draft has an equal chance of hitting, okay? Okay. Would you take – Darnell Wright or any of the other players going in the final eight selections of the first round in this mock, I'll tell you who they are. Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. You want the lineman or you want Jalen Hyatt?
4: I'd rather have the wide receiver.
0: Okay. Um, Osiris Torrance, guard out of Florida.
4: Guard may make more sense than tackle to me, but I just I don't think offensive line. All right, but if
0: you're, but if you're, it's a choice between these two. Would you rather have the right tackle or the offensive guard? tackle i would too i just more positional value yeah. um cody mock who's another so here's another offensive tackle slash guard so you know you're deciding between sure uh offensive lineman michael Mayer, tight end out of notre dame Mayer. okay uh keon white defensive end out of georgia tech
4: defensive end yeah
0: yeah i'd definitely go that uh direction Derek hall defensive end out of auburn goes yep. 30th Darnell Washington, let's say yep. let's say um, Mayer is off the board. Would you go Darnell Washington and the Georgia tight end over offensive tackle?
4: I'd probably prefer it, yeah.
0: I'd be honest with you, outside of the pass rushers, I'd probably prefer the offensive tackle to all those guys I because I do think you can find, whether it's tight end, wide receiver, I think you're going to find, more likely find guys that can grow into a role. You don't have to have a wide receiver that comes in and hits the ground running at all with this team this year. Presuming this again, presuming Cavin Ridley's fully cleared. Yeah. All the word is he looks great. So you got Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones at the top of your depth chart. Uh you know, I don't I, know if a rookie gets that many looks, quite frankly, if everyone's I, healthy.
4: I think you can make a similar argument with an offensive tackle for this football team. You might they probably don't need to play for two years, right? Like that potentially is the position that you're in drafting in the first round. And I just think wide receiver tight end wide receiver specifically has more value in the league okay, I, I do think
0: it depends greatly on the Jags belief in Walker Little's ability to play right tackle sure on a full-time basis right all right so let me just uh, pick up with round two of this draft and I'll give you a few highlight names of guys that we've talked about and uh, the ones that would be going to the AFC South and Uh, It's a pair here with Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, going 33rd uh, to the Texans. We've seen that. Uh, We've seen him mocked in the first round in some. Uh, Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College, going to the Bears at 35, which is a pick that they pick up in their trade down, uh, which is proposed here with Indianapolis. Uh, Let's see. B.J. Aguilari, the defensive end out of LSU, uh, going to the Rams at 36. Brian Brees, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Another guy, I've seen him mock to the Jags in mm-hmm. the middle of the first round. Um, we get down to this guy out of Baylor. Uh, Luke Musgrove, tight end at Oregon State, going 45th to Green Bay. See, that th- there is that thing that you might not take a tight end at 24, and maybe you'll like four of them. They could all be off the board by 56 very easily Certainly, as well. Yeah. There is that. Um, but the guy who – called in earlier, and uh, let's see, Hennon Hooker going 52nd is interesting there. I think he was talking about Siaki Ika, if that's how you pronounce it, out of Baylor. He's the defensive tackle. Seems to me he's more like a run stuffer.
4: Nose tackle.
0: Right? Yeah. And so He says, fits the modern nose tackle projection with his size, power, length, surprising quickness when allowed to rush the passer. But he's 6'4", nearly 360. That's a space eater to me. That's not a penetrator. You know, so... To me, I don't think the Jags need the space eater. They need the three technique, beat your guy, create some havoc, force a double team, Mm -hmm. open things up for your edge rush, guys. Agreed, yeah. Uh, Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama. A lot of people consider him the clear-cut number two, uh, going one pick before the Jags. And the Jags then, Tony, take Rishi Rice, the wide receiver out of SMU. Um, this is what Miller says to trade for Calvin Ridley, bolsters an emerging group at wide receiver, but they can't count on him immediately having an impact. Hasn't played football since October of 21. Rice fits no matter what Ridley's status, can play outside and attack 50-50 balls good after the catch ability. 96 catches, 1,355 yards, and 10 touchdowns this year. How do you feel about that?
4: Uh, I, I am all good with them continuing to address the wide receiver room. And, and at that point in the draft, especially. like I am to anything after I'd be the first okay. round. Like, I wouldn't even mind it in the first round, depending on the name that we're talking about. But if if in the second round they take a wide receiver, I'm all for
0: it. Well, right. There, there seem to be, like, three guys in the first round, uh, Smith and Jigba, uh, Addison, and Quentin Johnson, that mm-hmm. maybe would cause you to go, hmm, at this one. And who knows yeah. who else emerges. During the process. But so, basically, this mock has the Jacks going right tackle, wide receiver. Which, you know, and again, it presumes that Juwan Taylor will not be back. Um, don't know if it's the best use of resources. It would surprise me if they go offensive line, wide receiver with their first two picks. Not going to surprise me if they address those positions. Sure. yeah. But uh, at some point – now, again, we're sitting here in the blind. Did they – go out and sign one or two veteran pass rushers that maybe you feel like the immediate need is not so great anymore. You know, so it it will obviously depend on what they are able to do in free agency prior to this. So we'll take a quick look at uh, what Ryan Wilson of CBS has in store for the Jags as well on a mock draft Monday. And uh, we'll come back and talk about a hypothetical scenario that a lot of uh, Jag fans have been um, pondering, at least, for the last forty-eight hours or so, uh, we'll get into that coming up on the other side. Six four one ten ten. If you want to be a part of it, you're listening to Jaguars today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and ET on ten ten XL ninety-two point five FM.
1: All Jags, all NFL. Jaguars today on ten ten XL.
0: All right, we got our Chat and Sandy real estate question of the day sitting out there. Chat and Sandy real estate. Gives you multiple offers on your home in three days, or they'll sell it for free. You can visit them online at chadandsandy.com. We asked you today, who's the best offensive free agent signing by the Jags in 2022? Uh, Factor in size of the contract, as well as uh, statistical and off-the-field contributions. And uh, Evan Ingram's making a run at Christian Kirk, who's been the leader in this poll uh, this morning. Both uh, pulling right around uh, anywhere from 43 to 46% of the vote right now. So that means there's not much left over for Brandon Sheriff mm-hmm. and Zay Jones at this point, but that doesn't uh, preclude you from casting your vote for any of those four players for the Jaguars. Just go to at MD underscore 1010XL on uh, Twitter, and you can cast your ballot right there. We'll discuss that in the final segment of the hour coming up. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and ET here with you on Uh, What we will be referring to in part as Mock Draft Mondays going forward because we'll take a look at some of the more high-profile ones. Just quickly, uh, the other one we wanted to take a peek at today, Ryan Wilson's at CBS, um, actually has quarterbacks. Remember, in the one from Matt Miller, third quarterback came off the board ninth, and then Anthony Richardson went something like 16th, I think, uh, in that draft. Uh, This one, he's got QBs going one, two, three. As the Colts trade up and take C.J. Stroud at number one, the Texans then have Bryce Young fall on their laps with the second pick, and the Buccaneers move up to number three. Tell me this. What does your gut say? Would this be enough to get the number three pick in the draft this year? Um, The Cardinals would be moving down. The Bucs would give pick 19, pick 51, which is their second rounder, and then first and fourth rounders next year. Is that enough to get up from 19 to 3? Probably not. Probably like the chart would probably say no, but Yeah. I'm not I mean and if you are Arizona, you believe that like Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, one of those guys is a can't miss player mm-hmm. or both of them and they're only a couple of them, you know that you often find GMs unwilling to give up that premier player for two good players. Sure. But uh, anyway, they got the Bucks moving up to take Will Levis in this scenario. Then it goes Anderson to the Bears. Carter last to pick six. Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech, goes ahead of him here in this scenario. Uh, Anthony Richardson goes ninth. So you got four quarterbacks in the top nine picks uh, in this scenario here. Um, number of the top wide receivers are gone. Michael Mayer is gone by the time the Jaguars pick at uh, 24. And Ryan Wilson has him going with Broderick Jones. Another offensive tackle, this one out of Georgia. Jones had a strong 2022 campaign for the Bulldogs where he's faced some of the best defensive players in the country every day at practice for the last few years. That is a good point. He's not yet a finished product, but has the athleticism and strength to be a difference maker when he puts it all together. I mean, uh, and one pick ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba, who a lot of people think will be the best playmaker in this draft.
4: Uh, yeah, I'd much rather draft Jackson Smith.
0: That pick, scenario, I would yeah. agree with you. Like yeah. the previous scenario, he was off the board. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because now you got Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, two more tight ends coming off the board projected in the first round here. And whereas Matt Miller had B. John Robinson going to the Eagles with the 10th pick, uh, Ryan Wilson has him going to the Eagles with the 31st pick. I've seen that mocked yeah. quite frequently. As a matter of fact, and there is a benefit. You know, you take that running back in the first round, you get the fifth-year option, and you get like that one extra year to grind him into the dust, so to speak, <laughs> and then let him be somebody else's problem moving forward. Uh, yeah. Which seems to be um, what's going to be the Probably approach gonna for a number come of coming to
4: play with Travis Ctn here in a couple of years. Probably will. Yep.
0: You know, I mean, yeah, what are you willing to pay that guy? Are you going to pay a running back? $10-plus plus million a year in a passing league when Trevor Lawrence is making God knows what. You know, we should debate this more as well, and I know we're at least a year away from having it matter, but I've heard people tell me that they think the Jags are going to push this thing out on the rookie contract as far as possible to take advantage of these early years when Trevor is on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. There is some of that, like... You do have a lot of control, particularly when it's a quarterback, right? And you're willing to use the franchise tag and things like that. But, you know, if, if everybody else is getting to their third year completed, all the top quarterbacks and getting deals, how's Trevor Lawrence going to feel if you go, yeah, you know what? We're just going to – you're going to get yours. You're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. Plus, there's the added benefit, Tony, of you look what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. It already looks like a bargain for him. Ten years at $45 million, Yeah. We're probably going to see multiple quarterbacks come in over that number this offseason, or potentially will, on extension. So, um, you know, if you can lock your guy up early, maybe you pay a little on the front end, but you might save a lot on the back end as far as that goes. So, No doubt. I I think it's going to be one of the great debates uh, a year from now. What is the timetable for getting it done with Trevor Lawrence? And there are, you know, reasons why you would consider it on either side, the the do it now, uh, do it as quickly as possible, or stretch it out as long as possible. I'm right now. I would say I'm more in the get it done as quickly as possible because that number is going to keep rising. That is presuming you're getting more than like a four year deal. If it's just a four year deal, well, you're going to be back at it again. You know, so maybe I would wait a little bit. Um, I'm not saying you're going to get a 10-year deal like you did with Mahomes every single time. But if I'm doing it early, at least that's when I'm coming to the table with something like I I want like seven, eight years worth of commitment out of you. We're willing to pay the freight. We're willing to make you, maybe even at the time, the highest paid player in the NFL. And don't Uh, kid yourself, that might be what Trevor Lawrence becomes when he signs that deal.
4: Yeah, we'll see um, what that's going to look like. And again, potentially that can happen as early as next offseason. You can start having these discussions. I am of the opinion the absolute quickest that you can get a deal done with Trevor Lawrence is when I would do it. Right? That's where I'm at right now. Right. And whatever that looks like financially, you make it work. Uh, with Trevor Lawrence, and you do have the flexibility, even with a deal like what Mahomes signed, where they're going to be able to redo that six times. You know, like to push money to around, push money around right. to help them with whatever impact it's going to have on the cap, because they are going to have to pay.
0: I mean, but even I'm sure you know, it's like like between
4: forty and fifty five million every year. Like the
0: cap, right? But let's say let's say it's an average of forty five, right? Yeah. So let's say it's a straight forty five every year, okay? Uh-huh. And I'm sure it's not, but it, let's say it is. You know, just for math purposes. Cap went up $20 this year, roughly, right? So in two years' time, that rise in the cap completely covers the quarterback deal. For sure. Like, don't be afraid to go out there and do it early. I'm with you. That's where I'm at right now. All right, let's go around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL.
1: Brought to you by Beach's Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Carolina
4: Panthers are hiring Ejiro Ivero as their new defensive coordinator. Ivero was the DC for the Denver Broncos last season, but was released from his contract after Denver brought in Sean Payton as their new head coach. Current Pittsburgh Steelers defensive assistant and linebackers coach Brian Flores will have a second interview with Arizona for their still vacant head coaching position on Wednesday. Flores will interview for the Broncos defensive coordinator job on Tuesday. He's also a candidate for the Vikings' defensive coordinator job. Dallas has hired Brian Schottenheimer to be their new offensive coordinator. Owner Jerry Jones said last week that head coach Mike McCarthy will be calling plays for the Cowboys next season. Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett is believed to have suffered a dislocated toe during the Pro Bowl games on Sunday. X-rays on the injury were negative, and the misdemeanor menacing charge against Cincinnati running back Joe Mixon was dismissed on Friday with a Hamilton County prosecutor telling a judge that they would need additional investigation before they can move forward with the case. The alleged victim in the case said that they understood the need to dismiss the case and would be in favor of moving forward with the charge if it needs to be refiled, according to the prosecuting attorney, when addressing the court on Friday.
0: All right, uh, thank you, Tony. Ajero uh, became like one of the hottest names in yes, coaching did. circles. Didn't know much about him at all. Had a very good defense this year in Denver, and everybody wanted a piece of that guy, so uh, good for him. Um, Since it is Mock Draft Monday, let me just throw one scenario at you from Pro Football Network. Okay. Okay. Um, Jags sitting at 24. Number 16 pick comes on the clock. Jags looking to make a move up the board. Okay. Washington's big need, they say, is on the offensive line, so the value doesn't line up at this point. They could feasibly trade back. Jacksonville, meanwhile, has an incentive to potentially trade up for the right player. And in this scenario, they say they only need a couple more pieces. One of those is an elite slot corner. That's what Devin Witherspoon mm-hmm. can be from Illinois. Jags give pick 24, pick 88, pick 121, and a second rounder next year to move up to 16 and get a fourth rounder back in the deal as well. No, thank you. Yeah, no. I, I'm not, uh, no, not. I don't, this team has a lot of hidden holes on it and need to hit these draft picks to have relatively cheaper labor. You're going to, look, Calvin Ridley, be here for one year, uh, 11 million bucks. You're going to want to sign him to an extension. You know what those look like now for the top of the market wide receivers. It ain't pretty right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of cash. Uh, you want to re-sign Evan Ingram. Maybe you want to bring Juwan Taylor back. You're already $30 million over the cap. I don't need to be packaging up four picks for an eight-pick move for a slot corner in the first round.
4: Yeah, it seems a little rich in uh, a cornerback-rich draft. In a cornerback-rich
0: draft, yeah. like, and I don't feel the Jags are that few pieces away from yeah. winning it all. I don't have a problem. Like, I get it when teams push their chips in. Like, We're right there at the doorstep. This doesn't feel like a if we get Devon Witherspoon, we are a Super Bowl-bound mm-hmm. football team. To me, anyway, not at the expense of giving up all those picks to make that move. Thought that one was a little interesting. Let's get Steve in Melbourne before we break. Steve, you're on Jaguars today. Good morning.
2: Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, um, I asked DT, e. I just wanted to give you my first four rounds and get your opinion. First That's four, five picks, four
0: rounds of who the Jaguars are going to take?
2: Yes, sir. No okay. trades or
0: anything. Just okay.
2: first five picks, since they have two picks in the okay. fourth round.
0: No, knowing that we have no idea who's going to be available at any of these picks. Go right ahead.
2: I I I, I just kind of went best player available at okay, the time.
0: Okay, but best, how do you know who's available in the fourth round? Uh in the in the list, uh, it just says suggestions of positions. All of right, need. all right. Who are they? Who are they taking on your hypothetical scenario? Uh,
2: At at 24, I took Brian Brees. He made it all the way to 24. We need interior pass rush. He's very good at that and run. At 56, I I, I couldn't pass it up. I took the freak of nature that is Darnell Washington, 6'7", 260. Uh, Has no problem being second, especially when you're behind Brock Bowers. Uh, With the third pick, I took Cedric Tillman, wide receiver out of Tennessee. And then I took edge rusher. K.J. Henry, he was the best edge rusher available at the point in time. And then I went uh, Darius Rush uh, to play slot corner. He's uh, got good, solid length, and he's like Tyson Campbell. You're not going to outrun him because he was a track star. And that's that's pretty much it. All right. Well, look, I mean,
0: I I think at this point we like to look at mock drafts, but looking at who you're going to take with your multiple fourth-round picks is – Kind of a fool's errand. I'll honestly.
4: say, Steve, the positions all made sense. The to The
0: position, right? That's that's yeah. the only thing, because you sit there and go, "Darnell no Washington to pick 56." Plenty of mock drafts to have him in the first round. Yeah, you know. So it's kind of sure, all right. I mean, and these kind of things have a tendency to happen when you get these mock draft simulators. You're like, "Look what I got!" and and you get a guy who's like ranked 15th in round three. uh it, it seems like they work out every year, and people come up with all these amazing scenarios of who's going to be available, and those players are usually not available. But I agree with you, Tony. If you you look defensive tackle, edge rusher, wide receiver, tight end, slot corner, sure, right? Yeah. Well, who those names will be when they actually are on the board, uh, probably a far cry from what we're looking at today. But um, as far as uh, the positions of need, nobody's going to argue with you in that regard. All right, we'll come back and take a look at the question of the day. Presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate, who is the best offensive free agent for the Jags in 2022. This is Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: Everything you need to know about the Jags, Jaguars today on 1010XL.
0: All right, I said I would mention this a few times this week, so I will, uh, but only on the show. not going to post this anywhere else, uh, Facebook or Twitter or anything else uh, of the like, but uh, if you want in on the Fred Taylor flip card giveaway contest, we mentioned this on Friday. Uh, It takes a little bit of work to try to win it, but it's a pretty cool keepsake. Uh, It is the official press box flip card from the Jaguars' victory over the Chargers, and it's autographed by Freddie T, and I got a photo of him holding up the autograph version of it so you can confirm that that is uh, actually signed by Fred Taylor in that way. And uh, if you like it, you have to enter this way. You can only send one email one time, but that email uh, subject line should say Fred. And other than the greeting and your signature, which please do include your phone number, in 100 words or less, make your case for Fred Taylor to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. D- look, 100 words sounds daunting. You don't have to write a a story. If if you can do it in 30 words, I just don't want to restrict people if they wanted to go a little deeper. Sure. right? You might just say, hey, here are a few key stats. Whatever your case is, pitch me like I'm a Hall of Fame voter and you're making your case for Freddie T. So it's not about you, why you deserve the prize. It's about Fred T. And why he deserves the big prize or the gold jacket one day. But um, that is how you enter. And we'll give uh, a few more reminders as the week goes on and hopefully by the end of the week I'll be organized enough to pick a winner <laughs> right there. I'm glad Taylor Doll is handling. Are we allowed to talk about Super Bowl Square contests? Like hypothetically, if we had one, Taylor would probably be running it, mm-hmm. and I would be flushing another forty or so dollars down the drain. Ah. I never seem to get the good combo of numbers to win. Yeah, that thing. I
4: finally won one of those square contests a couple of years ago in the Kansas City uh, Tampa mm-hmm. Super Bowl. I had I put twenty bucks into one and walked away with. I think 400 That's good. That's yeah. a nice
0: return on investment yeah. right there. Uh, I usually just make a donation to the Taylor <laughs> Doll Fund or wherever the money goes. Somebody, Whoever wins it. ET had some success in this the last couple of years, didn't you, E? I'm a true winner, man. I thought, well, I know that. But, I mean, it does take a little bit of luck here too, right? Oh, <laughs> luck. I mean, look. I mean, it's really, that's what it comes down to. It's just pure luck. But it's fun to have something uh, going as far as that goes. All right. Uh, why don't we take a look at the question of the day through the eyes of a 10-10 take?
1: 10, 10 10 10 10 take now Mike Dempsey's 1010 10 take brought to you by northern tool start solving your projects today at northerntool.com we're made for this
0: hey maybe my 1010 10 take but I like to share uh ET why don't you bat lead off today because you've had a strong uh showing on the board and such so <laughs> uh, <laughs> my man you know I love you bro uh, you know like if I didn't love E., like uh, you know if I just tolerated him or something like that not that I I Any reason not to love him, but I wouldn't bring it up with him. But because he is that guy, he can handle things. He knows. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, ET, our question of the day. uh, Presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. Who was the best offensive free agent signing by the Jags in 2022? Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Brandon Sheriff are your choices. Give me your pick and why. I'm going to go with Christian Kirk,
1: man. Because uh, we, we put in a lot of money on him. We we paid a lot of money for him, quote-unquote, and he came and he showed his behind off. He did what he had to do. He was our number one receiver this year, and it paid off. So, I'm going to go with Christian Kirk.
0: All right, Christian Kirk currently with 45.2% of the vote has the lead mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. Uh, still plenty of time for you to vote in this, over 600 have so far. Uh, Tony, for you, who is the uh, winner of the poll, who would you vote for and why?
4: I would vote Christian Kirk. And, look, he wound up 14th in the NFL in yards this year at receiver. Uh, 13.2 yards per catch with 84 catches, which is a really good number. 13.2 on 84 catches, to give you an idea. Uh, Jalen Waddell wound up leading the league in yards per catch this season at 18.1 with 75 catches, so that's a monster year for him as well. But there were only five players of the 29 that were ahead of Christian Kirk in yards per catch this year that had more catches than him. And these are the five names, Stefan Diggs, Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown. Those are the only five that had more catches than him that were at equal or above him in yards per catch this season. For a guy that they bet on to, can he be a number one receiver? He was uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year with 13.2 on 84 catches, 14th in the league in yards.
0: I'll say this. I think all these guys have an actual case to be made for I do them. Too. Right? Like, yeah. I Like You look at Sheriff. And he's way behind, getting six point three percent of the vote, right? And you can talk about his influence not only on his play, but on Luke Fortner and Jawan Taylor, who both praised him for, you know, helping them become better pros. Hurt the last month and a half, and played well, yeah, right. So I mean, love the signing. Got what you expected, no doubt, out of Brandon Sheriff. I just don't value the right guard position like I value some of these offensive skill player positions, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Evan Ingram, right now, second in the voting forty three point five percent. fantastic. I mean, in best tight end season in Jaguar history. yeah, but part of it, the signing, it's not just what he did last year. He's a free agent now. it's a one year deal, right? So that factors in. you got him at a great price. Now, if you're able to bring him back, it's a separate deal, but surely that that adds a little bit to your going out and getting him because, By signing him and him having the success and fitting in in this locker room, it's created desire to return to this football team that we haven't seen from many of these uh, type guys in recent years that come in, have that experience short-term, and they're looking to get some cash and get the heck out of Dodge. So understand everybody who voted for Evan Ingram. To me, it came down to Kirk and Jones, though. Because if you look at the numbers, and you're absolutely right, the numbers from Christian Kirk, he was the best receiver on this team, 84 1,108 yards, 13.2 yards to catch, eight touchdowns. Those are the primary ones. Yeah, Zay Jones, 82 catches compared to 84. 823 yards, so, you know, certainly 300 yards behind. He didn't average nearly as much per catch. Excellent blocker, though. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show up in the, in the box score. Five touchdowns compared to eight, and you consider that Zay Jones cost roughly half of what Christian Kirk did. I mm-hmm. think Zay Jones is the best value signing. I'm with you guys. Christian Kirk is the best free agent signing to this team. Yeah. Because in the end, it's not just about getting value, right? It's not just about going out there and paying a little less and getting a little less production and have a bunch of guys. It's Sometimes you can win like that. Doug Peterson did it in Philly. We talk about those pass catchers that he had. Didn't have guys, you know, just stacks of them. You had, like, one guy in Ertz who was a 1,000-yard guy, and then you had a bunch of seven 800-yard types. Yeah. Um, but you need a guy who tops the depth chart, right? You need a guy that draws coverage. You need a guy that, that does put up the best numbers. And even though Christian Kirk cost twice as much as Zay Jones roughly, he was not overpaid. I mean, he no. delivered. When you compare his numbers as you did, Tony, to the top receivers in football, and realized now to get a top receiver in football, you're paying over $25 million a year. Mm-hmm. And Kirk was basically an $18 million a year player. Um, I'm with you. I think Kirk was the best signing that they had. Uh, Zay Jones would be the best value to me that they had, and in part because he's still under contract for the next couple of years as well. You got way more out of Zay Jones than I ever expected yeah. This team would. Um, he may have even surprised the Jaguars on what he was able to produce for this team great fit all these guys have that in common as well great fits in the in the organization in the locker room it was a focal point for them and uh, they came through big time in that and
4: Evan Ingram just looking at him compared to other tight ends in the league his four touchdowns would still put him in the top 10 among among tight tight ends ends, um this year and he was fourth in receptions fourth in yards at the tight end position this season
0: you know what a weird thing um Talking to a Detroit reporter, Tim Twentyman, writes for the Lions website this mm-hmm. weekend. And we looked at Hawkinson getting traded from Detroit to Minnesota and how he exploded, oh, right? His yes, numbers went did. crazy. Yeah. You know what else exploded? The Detroit Lions tight end production. <laughs> Seriously. Like, they, they got rid of him, and over the next whatever it was, six, seven, eight weeks, mm-hmm. they got like 11 touchdowns out of the tight end position. That's weird. When they had like two yeah. prior to that. And that was both in the same game from Hawkinson, right? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, like how that worked out. Like he went to Minnesota, he became like, oh, this is what it looks like when you feed this guy the ball. He can be a star mm-hmm. at his position. And then for Detroit, it was like, wow, look, we can, we got, we're getting even better production out of a trio of basically no name by NFL standard guys. Sure, it's weird yeah. how that works sometimes. All right. Uh, didn't get to everything we wanted to today, but that's why it's a good thing we're on five days a week, isn't it? So, with that, let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you
1: by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair
0: shop. All right, Joe C is in the house. Hello, Joseph. Hello, hello. Hey, here's an idea for you. You're You're a... Your guys always enjoyed a wager or two, right?
5: Yeah, I uh, I haven't enjoyed them as much as I would like to. Okay, lately. well, but uh, on occasion, you you enjoy the yeah. the idea of a I good like the wager. idea of winning. Right, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Uh, so you played in plenty of Super Bowl Square contests yep, before. Yep. I yeah. already have one. I'm in. I'm in multiple. Yes. Okay.
0: Well, let's say you had. There's a hundred squares on the board, right? And and what you're trying to do is you're you're trying to match the numbers at the end of each quarter. Yep. Uh, the final number in each team's score. Mm-hmm. So. Is it better if you let's say you're doing ten entries? Mm -hmm. Would you rather just spread them all over the board, or would you rather take an entire column? That way, Ah. every time, if whatever number comes up, if Kansas City has a three at the end of their score, you
5: win automatically each time. All right, I guess I just on the whole, on the face, I'm a daughter. Okay, I'm gonna spread it out. I'm just gonna kind of go. I I have been too, but I have also never won a Super Bowl square. Right, I have, and I'll (laughs) tell that quick story, but. But you know, I'm a daughter, okay, so I like going all over the place. If it's little like, here, a little there. Yeah, if it's a smaller wager, you're just kinda like it's almost like uh, when you go and you play roulette. You're just trying to cover the board. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, to your strategy, it's great if you've got a good number. Right, if you it's, end up with a good number, which right. you never know. Right. It's bad obviously if you don't, because if you you're gonna nine, get, you're, you're probably gonna get not wiped as happy. Out. Uh, and so uh, the the numbers with the missed extra point. The one good thing about moving the extra point back is that it can change yeah. some some numbers in square games, which is really cool. It changes in a lot of gambling aspects. But the classic one, I think I won a, a either half or third quarter, and it was it was five uh, Benjamins. And as soon as it goes final, father in law calls to congratulate me. CLD answers the phone, finds out that I was Oh, gone. no. What am <laughs> I like, doing? Are you kidding me? Oh, come on. I know Joe's yeah. not sharing that yeah. information I in, in the not. in the coward household. It's <laughs> so unbelievable. That is a major party foul, Pops. That's, oh, oh. That is terrible. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are you guys cooking today? Well, as a matter of fact, we're mentioning mentioning gambling. I'll lay out my props. I like to do a bunch of different props, so I'll have a bunch of those uh, that will get listeners qualified uh, for some beer prizes uh, You know, today through the rest of the week. And then, you know, as much as we can, we're going to do Super Bowl stuff. Leon's played in it. Coach is coached in it. So we're going to have a lot of Super Bowl stories throughout the week. Uh, but then also the Gators lose to Kentucky over the weekend, so we'll get into that a little bit. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I know you guys heard Devontae stumping oh, Aaron Rodgers. Isn't mm-hmm. it funny? He he wanted to get away from him just so he could be with Derek and just love the idea with Derek. And now Derek's been bounced and now he loves the idea of being back with Aaron. You know,
0: I never really got the
5: the sense though that
0: Devontae had a grudge against Aaron Rodgers. No, Rogers no, you're or right.
5: You are right about that. And Aaron quote, gave him the blessing to go ahead and, you know, go and, and it was his like dream. his
0: family is a lot closer there as well. I want to say Nevada is a no state income tax state as yeah. well. So,
5: I mean, there were a lot of reasons. Oh, yeah. Plenty. To go. Yeah. Plenty of pluses and, you know, the money being the biggest. OK, because Green Bay was having to finance that 50 million dollar per for Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. they were going to have to cut ties at some point and not be able to give Devontae as much as he wanted. It, it's just it is just kind of funny and I don't blame him. He wants the best quarterback throwing to him, and obviously he had that for a long time. Oh, come on down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we got him right here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to have to get to
0: Duval somehow yeah. uh, if you want to make that happen in the next 10 years. All right, exactly. Josie, have a great show. All right, fellas. There you go. Uh, I'm probably going to go dot it myself, Tony, uh, right next. I'll I'll get like the – I don't know. What's the worst? Would nine be the worst one? Five would be – maybe five might be the worst Five's one. Five's rough. Yeah, five yeah. is rough because if you get nine, like Joe said, three field goals in the first quarter, or yeah. first half, or you you miss that extra point, yep. whatever, field two goal is ugly comes back also. into play for you. Two, yeah. yeah, two stinks too, doesn't it? Yeah, that's ugly. I think five might be the worst of that. This, that's the thing. I'd take that whole row and I'd get five. <laughs> And uh, that would not be good. But you know what? My my other strategy is 35. Here we come. So, who knows? That's right. Let's get to 35 all and let's go to overtime. As soon as you get one of those ugly numbers, like two, you're like, okay, cool. Let's go. 22. Right. right. And then you're hoping for crazy uh, to (laughs) happen. And uh, sometimes it does. All right. That'll do it for us today. Thanks for playing along. Had a fun show uh, this morning. Thanks for your involvement in it. For Tony Smith and for ET, I'm Mike Dempsey tomorrow. Uh, something I kind of teased it a little bit today. We didn't get to it. So we'll just save Uh it for tomorrow. We got a lot to get into this week.
4: Yeah. Are we all coming in with horse strongs for one another tomorrow?
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I don't know. I might, I probably got plenty of crayons at the house. I don't, do I have to draw my own horsey? Maybe I I should, but, uh, I don't have any coloring books. I don't think at the house right now. So. I may In a few. Yeah. I may uh I may throw a horsey picture out there for you guys to admire. <laughs> uh but chances are I'll forget all about it and I'll see it tomorrow anyway. So that'll do it for us. XL Prime Time is coming up next here on 1010 XL on 92.5 FM.
2: You're Let's go.